Hello, friends. Welcome to The Bow Show. I'm your host, Bo Brayton. Today's guest is my dear friend, Dallas Hobbs. Dallas is a graphic design student at Washington State University, where he also plays football. He's a dear friend of mine, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet him. Dallas, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? Well, better now that you're here. I'm excited to have you on. Um, like I said before, this is Dallas Hobbs, one of my good friends from Washington State. Dallas, you know, we really connected at Wazoo while we were there through not only football but with graphic design and art and being creative minds and and passionate. I'd love for you to just kind of tell me your story and how you got to where you're at now and what drove your passion through art and speaking up on what you believe in. I would say uh, definitely a long journey, mainly uh, to get where I am right now, which just, you know, started in high school. Grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, you know, grew up in a sports dominated family. My dad played uh, football at the University of Iowa. My mom dabbled in a little track. Um, that's where I got my speed from, I guess. Um mm-hmm. And then, you know, my dad played professionally with the Falcons for a couple years. And then when he got back to Iowa, he played rugby for another 10 years. And then he also played uh, four sports in high school. So when I was born, you know, grew up, really everything was around sports, you know, just watching my dad play rugby. I remember um, doing that for a while Um, and then just started picking up myself, football, flag football, basketball, baseball. I guess I just picked up those three to start. I did that all the way up until my senior year of high school. Um, it was all sports, but I would say where, where I really got my creative style, you know, it, it started in, you know, elementary. I was always into the art classes, drawing and doing stuff like that. Uh, then it transitioned to, you know, picking a few art classes in high school. Then I kind of lost it for a while. You know, my initial plan was go into engineering or architecture critical thinking, you know, mathematics, that side of things. So I took the running start, like college programs, went to the community college in my town, uh, took architecture classes, took engineering classes, and really stuck with that for a while. Um, And that was my plan, you know, going into college, that's what I wanted to do. Um, But then I got involved with uh, a program in high school um, called Iowa Big. And this was a, a different side, you could switch out your Um, economics, your history, all that to take a few classes there. And these were project-based learning. Um, And I think that's where really where I took these graphic design skills and really ran with them. So, you know, I helped work on, I guess, even my fashion a little bit too. So I helped start um, just a little basic um, clothing design. You know, we were making it from scratch. We made leather belts from scratch. We made our shirts and everything from scratch. Um, So that was, you know, a good opportunity to do that. And it was project-based learning, which I realized is something, you know, I'm really about. Um, I like to do hands-on things. I'm not about, you know, learning from a book, um, memorizing it all and taking tests. You know, that's not really how I operate. And so I did that. That was my senior year of high school. And then, you know, we bounced back to sports. You know, I was playing football, playing basketball, playing baseball, Um, ended up tearing my meniscus my junior year um which is definitely a big year of recruiting um in sports as as you know um going to those camps that year my senior year didn't have any offers until maybe a few a few weeks into the season i guess um i got what uh like a 40 percent or something to south dakota just wasn't it wasn't my fit um and luckily i had the opportunity i would say i am super lucky for a lot of things in my life. And that's the reason I am where I am is a lot of luck um, in networking, you know, knowing the right people. So back to it. Um, a family friend was the athletic director at Deerfield Academy, which is a, 
a prep school, boarding school in Massachusetts. Um, a lot of people don't know about um, prep prep school. And would and you guess, explain a little about what prep the the uh, grad year is like? What that process is for those who don't know? Yeah, so um, I did a postgraduate year. School. So this is a year to you know grow um, whether it's ma- academics or athletically. I chose to do both. Um, and so I went there and it's a, an extra year um, before you go to college. So it's not like going the JUCO route. If we're talking sports, you don't have to, you know, waste a year um, of eligibility and worry about that. So that was great for me. You know, someone that was definitely undersized playing four sports, hadn't had the opportunity to get bigger, get stronger, do all those things. Um, so I had this opportunity to go play football. Um, I, you know, had a few offers there um, to a lot of the Patriot League schools. So Fordham. Um, Holy Cross and some schools over there. And then um, I got an offer to University of Connecticut, so UConn. Um, and that was probably the biggest offer I had at the time, you know, it's still kind of underlooked there. So I committed there and that was my plan. So really right now I'm supposed to be, you know, in Connecticut um, mm-hmm. uh, playing football. Um, but luckily my coach at Deerfield Academy, you know, here's that luck again. Um, knew the coaching staff over at Washington State. He coached with them at University of New Hampshire um, and sent my stuff there. And that's how I got the opportunity um, uh, to get a Power 5 offer um, and attend Washington State. But I guess that's when I kind of got into this um, sports graphic design was at Deerfield Academy. You know, people were committing um, to schools, and this is when commitment edits were starting to become a big thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, hey, you know, we shared it in our group chat and I was like, uh, I think I can definitely do something better. Like, I feel like I can do something, um, with this. And, you know, I was editing on my phone and doing it all on my phone. And that's where I picked up, um, graphic design, the sports design, um, started making a Twitter, finally got on Photoshop, started, um, reaching out to recruits on Twitter and stuff to, Hey, let me make your commitment edits. Let me do all this declared at Washington state as digital technology, major with a minor in fine arts you know i got my my cc on right here i don't know if i'm allowed to to say who's making that but i'm a i'm a big fan of that company creative collective uh that anonymous brand out of pullman um which i'm sure you're a big fan of as well yeah no um definitely doing you know some graphic design work good friend of mine runs that um helping doing the graphic design work um taking photos and doing some stuff for them and you know maybe helping out with a few designs here and there. So mm-hmm. a nice little thing um, on, on businesses, I guess we could talk about um, the little thing we tried to throw together. Um, what probably, probably a year, a year ago, you yeah. know, I guess maybe a little after, cause it was, that was after, no, that was right before the bowl game. Cause we yeah, were trying to right make those stickers. The- yeah. So yeah, you know, fat cat creative co um, <laughs> something we hoped was going to blow up. Um, um, but, you know, it was just something, you know, get our creative juices flowing and something was definitely special and brought us closer. And, you know, it was a great time um, yeah. for how long it kind of lasted, maybe three weeks with you actually a part of it. Yeah. So for for those who don't know, uh, Dallas and I were starting a creative company uh, where we were drafting some names up. And uh, what was the one we Honcho? Honcho, we we thought that sounded really sick, but uh, the the Migos already uh, kind of owned that one, uh, so we were looking up synonyms for that and stumbled upon Fat Cat, which is like a, a big wig, mm-hmm. rich old guy, very powerful, and thought that sounded cool. And I had just gotten a cat, decided to call it that, and for the uh, two weeks before I ended up leaving Washington State, we were planning and planning designs and uh marketing plans and all that until uh I moved away and let Dallas take it over but uh man may- maybe one day after uh after we get out of school and all that I'd love to collab and still get to get in with you I got my sewing machine and cricket still um, still mad I never picked up that sewing machine when it was on sale man it was it was a steal I mean, that's the biggest purchase I've ever made still. I mean, being an unemployed college student. But I, I do want to ask you about, this was something that, um, you know, I've always had a lot of respect for you, Dallas. And 
always really looked up to you. I kind of saw you as a, a big brother at Wazoo. And when you posted that hashtag, we are united, um, that was something that really stood out to me and was something really powerful that you did. I'd really love for you to explain kind of what that movement means and what it stands for and how that kind of started. We're United um, really started as a conversation. You know, I got asked by my friend Dylan Boyles, who um, was playing football at uh, Stanford, um, and he's also from Iowa. So we have um, a little connection. You know, we talk every so often. But he hit he hit me up, um, shoot, in the summer at some point and was just, like, you know, asking about um, stuff that was happening at my school. You know, obviously at the time COVID was happening. Um and just really how um, everything's going, you know, it was a weird year in sports um, and just all those issues. Um, so that's how we talked. Um, and then he was talking to some other people and this conversation really um, got going um, from that. And it, you know, turned into Zoom calls, um, mm-hmm. I think every day um, for a month. And then it talked in it, um, went more into like um, education, you know, mm-hmm. being informed on a lot of things. Um, that are happening in college athletics. Um, and for context, what what was going on at that time when those conversations were starting? Yep, yep. That's what I was just about to get to. You know, we had these um, these talks about, uh, you know, what was happening. Mainly this group is um, the Pac-12 movement and it later branched off to some other things. Um, so it was Pac-12 football players, you know, just talking about, hey, what's going on at your school? Um, what are you doing? Um, what is your school doing? Um, what's happening on your team? Um, you know, and the, it was a lot of communication um, and just talking about, you know, everything that was happening, you know, bad and good, you know, uh, Washington state was doing a great time, a great job at the time. You know uh, we put a lot of um, health and safety standards out there to be successful. You know, we were doing a pretty good job, um, but it's the stories I heard at other schools that were happening. You know, it's something I still, I guess, can't really talk about. But, you know, it was it was situations that weren't good at all, you know, um, that were really um, bad for the athlete and just wondering why, like, hey, why are they going through this right now? Why do they have to do this just um, just to play? You know, there are some big issues and stories. Um, when COVID, you know, we didn't have a lot of information about it, didn't know what was happening, and we were kind of getting rushed back. Um, without a plan. Um, so the We Are United movement, you know, we we came together, talked every day, and really came up with, you know, team reps from every school, um, started trying to get more people on board. We ended up getting 400-plus um, in a group chat that talked, you know. Um, we started drafting up demands, I guess you would say demands, um, but really a, a list of issues and stuff that we wanted to address. Um, you know, it started with COVID, health and safety standards. Um, and move to uh, um, economic injustice, racial injustice, um, um, academic um, failures, um, and just a whole lot of things. You know, we put out a list. You can find it um, on the Players' Tribune. Um, and Bo can probably link something in the description. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a, a big old list of stuff that, you know, this is what needs to change, and this is things that um, need to be put in place um, to help the student-athlete, you know, uh, and really be more successful um, in different ways. And this is, you know, something, you know, once we went live on August 1st or 2nd, I can't remember the date exactly. um, We had a lot of support for it, you know, and a lot of, you know, everyone was behind the COVID and health and safety standards, but you know, the stuff that was, you know, impactful in creating the issues was that revenue sharing. um, And would you explain the specifics on that? I've seen a lot of stuff floating around that I didn't see come from any of you guys talk about like 50% of all revenue of the the Pac-12 broadcast, like things that I I didn't ever see coming from the group itself. So would you kind of go into the specifics of that? Yeah, so what our initial, um, what we initially wanted to put out there if we ever had gotten that meeting with the PAC 12 to really talk about these things. Um, we wanted to start at, you know, um, a split where, you know, uh, it's a, a good hundred million that come in, um, to the PAC 12 for TV revenue. Um, and there's, you know, 
the 12 schools in the conference. We wanted to split that and distribute it to each conference, each uh, school. Um, and that's 50% of whatever that um, hundred million something was um, per year um, and distribute that. And then after that, once it gets to the school, distribute it in half and disperse that to the players, you know, the ones for football revenue, obviously this revenue split, um, you know, we wanted to give to these students that, you know, would also include walk-ons, which, you know, you were walk-on yourself. Um, and just the issue of, you know, we put a lot of, um, mental health, um, our bodies on the line, um, every day. Um, and there's, you know, we are grateful for the scholarship and everything we get there, you know, obviously, but it's the issue, you know, the walk-ons, um, and people that aren't coming from a good situation where they don't have this extra money, you know, I know a lot of people that, you know, whatever money they get that month, they pay their rent and then whatever's left, um, besides like the food and stuff they need to get, they send it back home, um, to help out their family. So it's this idea that if we brought in this money and, you know, even gave a little bit, you know, um, if you're talking 10% of that revenue, um, it's still a great number, um, that can help, you know, students, um, and athletes be more successful, um, and really create this idea of, you know, generational wealth. Um, you talk about, um, how can we get these black and underprivileged, uh, families, you know, out of the quote unquote mud, um, is, you know, uh, this money and this idea that you don't have to, um, make it to the NFL if you're not that gifted. Um, you can get your education, you can get this money and help your family, you know, um, move to a, a, a better status and a better situation and really, you know, create that idea of generational wealth. And it's, you know, an idea that you can then um, spread this money because it is a, a substantial amount of money that could help out um, passing it to your siblings that oh my um, God, yeah. don't have to completely, you know, focus all the resources on sports um, and can maybe try and take the educational route um, or do other things. You know, there's a lot of things they can do. You know, you don't have, parents working um, two to three jobs to try and put food on the table, um, pay the electric bill, you know, or get you through sports and stuff. So there's a lot to it. And I could talk about that for a while um, just because there's so much stuff, you know, that was eye opening to me that could really help this, the athlete be successful um, in life, you know, off the football field uh, and just give, you know, um, a, a more secure future in a way. Well, and, and that's the, the toughest part to look at for me, I mean, just just with football, it's such a tiny percentage of these athletes that get to go to the next level to mm-hmm. play professionally. Think, and so what, two percent or something it, it, at the highest, it, maybe. Yeah. And, and that's just football, not looking at the other sports where the, the opportunities are even fewer for women's soccer players and baseball players and all these other athletes where I got four, maybe five years of being marketable and being able to make money off of me before I got to say, well, my career's done. Now I got to figure out my life. And I had all this time being a part of a, being a cog in a billion dollar nonprofit that is the NCAA mm-hmm. and not seeing a dime of that outside of the stipend that I got to pay for rent and food or if I'm a walk-on like myself it's I'm like I did the math my true freshman year not being on travel squad so I had all of Saturday off and most of Sunday that was a 42-hour work week yeah without without traveling for games yeah, it's, and so I can't even uh, get on payroll with a company to have a, a job on the side. So, it, like, I can't. I, I'm very. I was very blessed to have parents that could pay for my rent and that kind of thing. But I, I couldn't imagine doing that without. Like, I, I would have. You know, that's where you see guys who I can't figure out where they're going to live and and mm-hmm. eat. You know. Yeah, so, and we're definitely fortunate in Pullman. Um, that we're not having these absurd um, 
cost of living. Oh um, yeah. I can't like imagine being at USC or UW. Yeah. And being that walk on living in the city, um, you know, you're going to have some issues there. So, um, that's something that's, it's a lot of things that go into college athletics that, you know, um, are great, you know, and everything is great, but there's a lot of issues that, you know, people throw to the side, um, and don't really see like what, what the average athlete is going through, you know, on a daily basis. And that's why, you know, this idea of a platform being generated so people can speak up on these things is a great thing. Um, because, you know, we, we, we see so many issues, um, that aren't being discussed and, you know, slowly they are, um, because a lot of, you know, platforms are being created on social media. That's great. But, you know, we need more people, um, to step up and activate those, um, platform so people think they can actually you know speak out um, whereas a lot of people before didn't think they had the the place to talk and you know this is going to help um, for mental health issues in student athletes you know mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of it, mental health issues that a lot of people don't really um, discuss or talk about you know because there's this stigma around um, college sports mainly um, college football um, you know college basketball is in there too that, you know, you're, you're this tough, strong, um, football player that, you know, not a lot of things are going wrong. You know, you're, you're playing in the big lights, you're getting money, you're getting these clothes, you're getting these shoes. Um, you're on this, you know, high pedestal. Mm -hmm. Um, but the issue is if you look down, everyone's looking up at you, like, you know, you're, you're, you're always being watched wherever you go, you're being watched, you know, you walk into a grocery store, you know, and sometimes it's good, you know, sometimes, I mean, most of the times it's good, actually. Um, they're going to say, oh yeah, what's your name? Um, you're on the football team, right? Like they know you, especially in a small town like Pullman. And it's great. You know, that's, that's a great thing, but it's the other side of things, you know, you, you do something wrong and boom, you're, you're stamped right on that board and you're like, oh, this player did it wrong. And a lot of people don't get that, you know, second opportunity. So they mess up, um, and they're known, you know, a normal college student doesn't have to go through that. You know, most of the time they're not going to post their name in the um, newspaper if this happens or do that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you, sh- you should be held to a different standard as um, a college athlete, but there's still little things that a lot of people don't see. And that's, you know, the, the messed up part. Um, I was going to talk about, you were talking about like marketing and this four to five years, we have this name image likeliness, you know, mm-hmm. um, coming out here soon, you know, you see all these um, states and places that, um, adopting uh, principles and guidelines and um, creating things to help out. So I think that's going to be something that's, you know, super major, especially um, for a lot of the um, athletic programs um, that don't really have the full scholarships, don't have a lot of the things to help out on that side. Um, They can go back home in the summer. They can go back home when they have time and do um, hopefully camps, um, Um, hopefully create sponsorships of some sort. So I think that's going to be a big thing for college athletics. You know, it's going to be some murky waters, obviously, but I think it's something that's going to be, you know, um, super, super amazing. You know, it's been being pushed for a while, but name image likeliness will be something that's very helpful to a lot of um, athletes, you know, market themselves in a different way um, and really show their talents outside of the football field, um, outside of the basketball court and, just outside of um, sports in general. So I think name image likeliness is going to be something that's just major. I, I think that is what, I mean, this is long overdue for them finally passing that bill of allowing student athletes to own their name image likeness. I get that it's a slippery slope, a tough ask to divide up, you know, how much does uh, an athlete get to make off of the uh, the TV deals and all that. And how, how does that work coming from the university and the divides that that might cause in recruiting it and all that. But at the very least, I think it's long overdue that these student athletes are able to say, well, can I at least get a shoe deal? Yeah. Can I, can I have a, a discount code for t-shirts and do a Les Schwab commercial? I don't see how that is taking away from the university at all. And when you have just such a a slim time where I can be a a, a campus 
hero and then a year after i'm just a, a regular guy again i mean it, like it's that. missed opportunity finger mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's you know you say at the least why can't i make money off my talent like, mm-hmm. there's people out there making money off my my athletic talent you know yeah um why can't i at least make money off the talent i have outside the football field for me being a graphic designer you know being i'm creative in a way you know a lot of ideas go through my head and it's like, I would love to promote something on my, my own Twitter page, my own Instagram page. But, you know, once you get big, they'll take that away. So there's issues on that side of things. Or you have... And that's a separate talent. Exactly. Even, that's, that's not even attached to... I mean, maybe you have a little bit of advantage because you have a, a bigger Twitter following. Yeah. But you're, you're selling a different good, a different service aside yeah. from just being a football player. Exactly. And- it's not that idea. I'm selling a Jersey. Like that's not even tied to that side of things, yeah. like, stuff like that. So yeah, you can go why, back on. Yeah. yeah. Why can't I be an artist aside from that? And I believe it was a uh, Jay Billis on the, uh, and I recommend everybody watch this on Netflix, uh, schooled the price of college sports. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's Jay Billis. He says, if you have an English student, on full academic scholarship and they write a bestseller, they get all that money. Mm -hmm. None of that's taken away. But if a college football player plays for a Nike school and gets, gets a free pair of Adidas cleats, his scholarship's taken away. Yeah. And, and that's where it's, well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That, or that's yeah, you're, you're you're talking about the little little tiny details in the rule books. You know, um, code. What is it like six zero five dash B two four in the blah blah blah. However far it goes deep, where you can't get a ride without paying the person. Oh yeah. Like there's something behind that. There's meals being paid for. There's I can't accept um, a free meal and and all that. Like I gotta. Yeah. And technically, say I say I'm talking to someone and they don't know me as an athlete. Technically, I can't accept anything they give me, mm-hmm. which is messed up because you never said like, "Oh, hey, I'm an athlete. I play football here." Like, blah blah blah. It's not you're like just you're Dallas. Yeah, it's like it's 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 messed up that you really in the back of your head there's a lot of limitations to what you can and can't do and be controlled in that way. So it's like it it just doesn't make sense to me. Like you're telling me. I'm just walking on the side of the road and, you know, you can't do this a lot nowadays. Just pick up a ride from a stranger. <laughs> but you're saying on the side of the road, someone picks me up because it's a blizzard outside. I can't get in that car without giving them money. But it's like, it's still pretty messed up that there's all these little things that we can't do, but you have a person that's in college and they're an influencer. Um, they have a bigger, you know, Twitter, Instagram page. Um, and they're more known than me, but what's the difference? Especially, you know, you have people on the, um, this lower end, you know, the walk-ons and stuff and people that, you know, maybe not even have social media pages aren't really known on the team and they still can't do anything. Yeah. And I'm not talking selling a Jersey. I'm talking starting up a business, trying to make some money on the spare time. They can't do that Mm -hmm. um, without going through a whole bunch of loops I mean, technically you can work, you can have a job, um, but it can't be tied to your name in a way. Um, and there's a whole bunch of small details about it um, that it's like, even if I want to do this, like why, why risk, why risk getting in trouble of even starting it? Like there shouldn't even be this issue of like stopping me from um, exploring my creative freedoms, um, trying to start up something, you know, cause we're barely, you know, now I'm going to get into another tangent. We're barely um, in a lot of cases, um, learning what we want in this educational system. You know, obviously I lo- I listened to your last um, podcast with Cooper. It was amazing. Um, Thank you. And talking about how, um, shout out to him. Uh, definitely want to connect with him sometime. But um, talking about the educational system and how it's, you know, flawed in a way and how we're really, you know, if I'm talking, we're destroying creative freedom. You know, you you get funneled into a class, you know, you learn history, you learn math. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but it's like, what if I don't want to do this? I mean, luckily now you're able to, you know, not to go finish college, not to finish high school, and you can still somehow make it. 
Um, so we're lucky in that stance. But it's like, why, why stress these people out that they have to go do this? They have to go to college, get this degree. They have to, you know, come out with something that has a certificate that said I did this. But in the end, a lot of those things don't even matter, you know. Um, for some people, you know, you're lucky enough to have a college uh, major that, you know, interests you. But a lot of people just get into it because they think that's how it goes. So it's messed up in that point. And then if you even go back to elementary, you go back to middle school, you go back to high school, um, you take, in my case, one art class compared to um, the five other um, curriculum that is decided by someone else that doesn't even know you. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot of messed up stuff around that. It's like this this system's flawed. And, you know, everyone's going around like sheep trying to follow this um, this path that's already been predetermined for us. You know, years back. Well, and and I remember being in uh, the the freshman orientation advising appointments with uh, the advisors through football and being behind one of one of my teammates at Wazoo and him saying he wants to do architecture. And the advisor, she goes, she goes, well, we usually don't let athletes or, or football players do architecture because that's really time consuming and you won't have the time with football. And that was something he was really interested in and wanted to do. And after that, he became a comm major. Yeah, so there's a lot of, and I guess to those academic advisors, because, you know, some of them might listen because um, they're great people. In there. Oh, yeah. No, shout out. Like, but, you know, to their defense, they can't do anything about it. So it's oh, like it's, it's not on the advisors. Exactly. I mean, those are those are great people. And, and shout out to everybody that I've worked with at, at Wazoo and Montana. But that's that's the system yep, is, that's, that's coming that, from yeah. the top. Exactly. So they're, you know they're even putting people on a predetermined track even farther down the road, you know, um, where we were, you know, what I was discussing is more um, when a normal student comes in and determines their major, a lot of those things don't work out. If we're getting into the sports side of things, that's an area that's just completely, you know, effed up. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I get it, but there should be, there should be, you know, the worst, I'm not even going to go there. Um, <laughs> sometimes I, I got to watch. I'm editing. Show. If you want me to say it, I can. Um, I was just going to say how, just really how your, your majors, the, there's like four majors that are picked or a couple of majors that are already picked, obviously, because we are, and I was going to go deeper into it, but there's a, there's this idea of time constraint or the difficulty or just a lot of things that, you know, these are predetermined majors and nobody really gets to, truly explore what they want to do um, and understand where they can go educationally. But it sucks that there's people out there that are in majors doing things that they don't like, um, trying to make their way through it. And it's, it's just, it, it just sucks to see people like that. Luckily for me, luckily, probably for you too, you were able, you know, you're in a major or somewhat in something that you love. Like I'm, I'm glad to be in digital technology because that's talking, you know, um, data analytics, um, cybersecurity, um, coding, a whole different side of the graphic design, mixing it all together that I was surprised that I learned. So I'm happy for that. And also to be able to do the fine arts major. And now with this COVID year, having the opportunity to have an extra year, now I'm looking at grad school. I'm trying to look at this interdisciplinary major, which really sounds interesting to me because um, the ability to pick three different programs. So I'm thinking about doing entrepreneur um, entrepreneurship business, um, and then maybe calm or maybe something, but you get to mix these three, um, programs together and dabble in a little bit different stuff and not stay in one. Cause that's something, you know, I'm into them. I really want to expand in the most ways and take in the most information. Yeah. Yeah. It takes longer. So I'll, I might have to do some extra schooling and stuff, but in the end, it's like, it's stuff, a mix of stuff that I want to do. Um, and hopefully, you know, change i guess the route i'm going on is already changed you know i'm looking into being um in um, teaching um in education um with art but owning a business so i don't know i'm all over the place where i want to go but i think it's going to be great to to get out into the real workforce and really finally make my own money do my own things um and really try and help out a lot of help out in a lot of different areas um also i don't have to leave at two o'clock my meeting so 
we can go for however oh. long you want. I'm already in the talking mood, so we can go for however long. Okay, sweet. What else you got for me, man? Quarantine. How have you grown as a person in quarantine? I want to switch it up and ask you a question in a way, because um, I know a lot has happened if we're talking when it kind of was a thing, you know, um, January, February. From January, February, um, what have you done? How have you grown? What have you seen? Well, well, thank you for that. You know, I, I, I really haven't gone into my journey a ton on here. So I guess this has given me the, the opportunity now. So before the lock, so I, I left Washington State right before everything happened. I left right like, after New Year's. I w- Huh? Like a month, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I, so I announced my entering into the transfer portal right after New Year's. I was on my way to Pullman. So the the reason I left is because I wasn't getting the opportunities to play at Washington State under the staff that was there. And I was on my way to Pullman to pack up my room when I got the Bleacher Report update that Leach and everybody was leaving, which was pretty sweet. Uh, you know, kind of looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but kind of wishing I waited a couple days on that. So, so miss you guys a lot there, but you know, I, I stuck, stuck with it and, um, I took the semester off. And so I didn't go through the academic and athletic side. I didn't experience all the, um, you know, spring ball getting canceled and what it was like to go from all these in-person classes to being sent home and doing everything online. I, I went, I went through that and um, took that that semester home and and went through the recruiting process again. And it was a lot of the same thing where it was the a lot of the offers I had out of high school, which were not a ton. And then getting preferred walk on opportunities that it came down to northern Colorado and University of Montana and ended up at Montana and got there and was really excited about it and was finally feeling like, you know what, maybe it it wasn't a mistake leaving Washington State like I had thought before Um, and really excited being there and things were picking up and from the what we were kind of hearing it was like, well, things are things are getting better and we're progressing back and cases are down and Montana's not really getting hit by it. So I think we're going to have a season this year and I'm getting excited and then we're having like our first unpadded practice in the fall and I start feeling really sick. Thought I was going to pass out and and took myself out. And after that practice, I went and and got tested and COVID was all negative. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's weird because I still feel like ass. And so I, I finished out my quarantine and got tested again and it was still nothing. Um, and then I was like, look, like I still feel really sick. And then I uh, got a couple more tests run and it was mono that I had with that. I was out. I mean, that just wipes out your immune system and your energy levels and everything. And so I was out for about working out in athletics. You got to worry about what is it? Something rupturing? What? It's uh, your spleen. Yes. Yeah. And your your liver. So I also couldn't drink during then. Um, it, was a, it was a sad boy quarantine. Yeah, it was it was pretty lame. Didn't, um, didn't, yeah, because you quarantined for mono then because of all the sickness issues. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, because the immune, immune system was wiped, so I needed to quarantine just to keep myself safe from yeah. COVID. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and so that, I mean, that took me out for four, five weeks. I mean, about a month. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a long that, time. Yeah, it's, it's a long recovery with that. Um, and then I came back and we had the week I got back, we had our first positive test on the team. And so the whole team, 110, 100, 120, however many people it was with the the coaching staff and then the academic advisors and the media team and everybody, everybody got quarantined for the, um, 10 days that that was. You're what at almost seven weeks now of not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I get back and I went to three lifts and my roommate tested positive. So then there goes another four. So that was, that was back 
nine weeks, maybe some change. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm there. And that was right after my, uh, my parents had came up to visit. So with that, my roommate tested positive. And then I think through my roommate, my mom and sister both got it. I got quarantined and my mom and sister both got pretty sick. And I, I got tested and I lost my sense of smell Mm -hmm. and was sick. And I got tested multiple times through the university and it was only the rapid tests I was given, um, which I won't, get into my uh, conspiracies there, but um, all the athletes I talked to only got the rapid tests and they were all negative. But when they went to the County is when they got the real ones. And that's when they found out they were positive. So I was air quotes negative um, during that time. And, but because I had, the constant contact with my roommate, I had to quarantine an extra 14 days on top of when he got out. Yeah. And with that, it's like, well, I don't even think the season's happening. I'm still, I'm way out of shape because I basically spent two months in quarantine. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have access to a gym. Like I'm just locked in my room and still coming off of my labrum surgery that I had. And you know, my, rehab was kind of taken back with that just getting out of shape and I'm like well I'm putting my health at risk being around all these guys my mom and sister got it I technically don't haven't gotten it nor in my mind I I don't think I have so I um I opted out of the season and I got released from the team and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I get that, you know, I only had 15 minutes of practice at the university of Montana and the, the senior class was all, is all coming back. I mean, you're going to see a lot of athletes having to, a lot of athletes getting cut this year because every sport across the country is now going to have with everyone's eligibility being paused is going to have another class of athletes in their programs so I, I get that, that part, but you know, I, I got released. And so through this process, I kind of felt like the universe has been screaming at me to be on my own, you know, two months of quarantine and, you know, some pretty tough, you know, mental battles, some breakups and, uh, you know, with the, the, the climate that's in the world, that's pre-election and, post George Floyd, a lot of friendships that took a toll with that quarantine. I felt like the universe was really just telling me like, you have to be alone and getting sent back into that third quarantine. And and through the internship we had with Yogi and Ashley in that, uh, I think that was your first day was when Dr. Michael Gervais spoke to us, right? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, because he, he was the one that said, what's the narrative we're giving ourselves? And that really stood out to me. And from that point, you know, I decided to really get into um, internal reflection and trying to be okay on my own. Because, you know, a lot of this time, my identity has been being an athlete and not knowing who I am aside from that. Um, and so with that, I, I really pushed myself to say, you know what, you need to be okay on my own because my, my happiness has really been driven through football and then other people. And so I think a lot of the lessons I learned through this was I can, I can be on my own and I'm going to be okay, but I wasn't giving myself the myself the opportunity to just be on my own myself. But, but yeah, I, I think my, my biggest uh, takeaway from this was I'm okay on my own. And I had to, had to go through these things to, uh, to figure that out and figure out what I love. And so I think I, I really found a passion with, you know, making my, 
my art, whether it's the, the stickers or clothing or, um, you know, edits and all that. And then also, um, also podcasting and doing this, you know, this is my second podcast I've started. And I think my passion or calling or whatever I want to label it as is I think I'm put here to create things that other people enjoy and that I love doing myself. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's my biggest takeaway through all of this is that I love creating things and I also love when people enjoy what I've made. And I think you're pretty similar in that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I would say that's a lot of stuff that, you know, you went on a crazy, you know, path that's definitely, definitely hard to go through. Um, you know, um, in these times, um, especially these times of isolation, um, when you do have COVID in these times of unease, these times of just really what's going to happen next, you know, a lot of this, a lot of stuff happening lately is like a week to week basis, you know, you, you really don't know what's ahead of you um, and what's happening. Props to you to make it through quarantine, um, make it through, I guess we're not through it yet. Um, this, this COVID era that has created a lot of issues, but also created a lot of um, personal growth for a lot of people, um, for myself as well. I would say um, put all the bad things um, aside from COVID. And if we're talking about um, just this idea of um, self-isolation um, and being um, more alone um, and stuck in a certain place um, gives this opportunity for um, real critical thinking um, to really understand who you are in a way, you know, um, it got people out of this um, routine that they were on and really made them think like what they were doing, you know, um, because you weren't leaving your space a lot. Um, so you really had to find time, um, you know, whether it was what used to be your drive to work, what used to be your lunch break, what used to be actual time sitting in the office um, or in the classroom or in this or in that you get out of your normal lifestyle. And I can say for sure that that helped me grow a lot. Like I was lucky to spend my three months of being away from football and doing all that stuff with my girlfriend and her family in the tri cities. Um, and that was a great time, you know, just because I um thankful for them that they let me stay there that long. <laughs> um, it was a good opportunity um, to be there and just change up life and do things different and have more time not having sports, um, have more time to find my creativity, find my passions to change up, um, to get away from this athletic college lifestyle that I was a part of um, for this time. And, you know, it was when I realized like, oh, hey, we're only gonna be gone for two weeks. I was like, oh, nice little break. Um, then we were gone for a month and I was like, okay, this is getting old and I'm waiting and I I have to figure out like, well, what am I doing? So I kind of had to, you know, like I said, adapt a new lifestyle and change, um, which gave me the ability to um, grow into a lot of different roles. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And I would say like you, this personal growth to realize like, hey, what am I doing with my life? What is this teaching me? Um, what am I learning? And I'd say I learned a shit ton. Um, mm -hmm. and just have grown just in a really positive way. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, there's a lot of issues that have happened, you know, um, through the, we United when I thought I wasn't a part of the team, um, going through this, uh, this, what if, um, going through this, like what's going to happen next? Like, what can I do? Um, and really in a way, I guess the first time I really said it, um, a dark place in, 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 in a sense, um, to understand like, all right, this was my life. Like football was my life. Like WSU was my life. This is all I've known for the past. Uh, what is it four years? So I hit a dark place. Like, man, I don't know what's next. Like, um, and luckily I had great support around me, my friends, my family, my girlfriend, my mom, my dad were always checking in on me. Um, so I'm grateful for that, but it was this issue of, what do I do next? Um, this is all I know. And it'd be a rapid switch to what, what's to come. Um, but luckily 
good things happen and I was able to understand things and grow um, and do a lot of things and be able to, you know, find this new way of life and this idea that I need to help others out. Um, I need to create this platform. Um, I need to produce things, create a new way of putting myself out there to help others um, that can't stand up um, and share experiences or talk or learn things a certain way. So I'm evolving as a person and it's great. And I would say, I would say for sure, I'm so grateful for um, not COVID, but this new way of life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the first time I really talked about it. Grateful for yogis and Yogi and Ashley's class that taught me a lot of things. I'm talking with them and just, I guess a good one was that, that conversation we had probably what a month ago or so um, where I think we talked for an hour long. Um, Just, being able to talk to people a lot more, that's something I'm trying to do, you know, have these conversations with people I haven't talked to in a while um, and discuss a lot of things and open up to a lot of different things that I haven't talked about before. Mm -hmm. Um, Relationships are very on us now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have to be pushed away and locked down. You're not forced around to be the same people. So, so the isolation gets really real. And so, I think a lot of what I've learned through this is like, I'm not going to have these friendships if I don't get on it and, and work for them. Cause, cause you know, before you're around these people all the time and you're, you're forced to be friends through practice and weights and class and all this. And now it's, I'm on my computer and I get in to class and my, my videos off and I'm not talking to anyone. So if I want to have friends, it's very much on me to call them up and keep those relationships going or create the imaginary friends um, that live in your head and talk to them a little bit. Oh my God. I'm crazy. Not saying I'm crazy. But talking to that, that voice in your head, which I found out not too long ago, a lot of people, don't have that voice in their head, which is pretty crazy. I don't know if I'm wrong, but there's, there's like, it's something some people have and some people don't. Really? Something I learned long ago. I forget where I heard it. Don't, don't, don't put this on me. That is true or anything, or I don't know where I, where I, where I saw that, but I saw it somewhere and I'm, that's, that's wild to me. If, uh, if anybody is listening to this and uh, do not have a voice in their head, uh, please reach out to me and I would love to have a conversation. I, I just want to know what's going on in there and how freeing that must be. Yeah. That, but on the side of things that that voice in your head is good, is bad is it does a lot of things. So I forget where we were at before that, I guess making friends, um, in holding these relationships, but that's something, yeah, like you said, you're not, you're not having these forced meetings, these forced conversations. It's stuff you have to reach out and do. And I've reached out to a lot of people, you know, um, rekindled a lot of fires, talked to um, a lot of people I haven't talked to in a while and also started finding new ways of obtaining information and conversations. Um, and that's coming from podcasts, you know, mm-hmm. um, listen to the Joe Rogan one a lot, listen to Lex Frid. Friedman, Friedman, however Friedman. you say that exactly. He's an amazing guy. He has great guests. Um, I'm consumed by podcasts now. Um, and also this mix of being consumed by podcasts and having this new, I guess, sensation of wanting to talk and speak about things um, has allowed me um, and Khalees and Danny um, to start up our own podcast that's been in the makings for probably <laughs> three months now um, mm-hmm. just due to busy schedules and stuff. We haven't been able to do that. And that's showing colors. When do you have a, excuse me, projected start date for that? I'm going to say, I'm going to say February to be safe. Um, just because everyone doesn't get back to the 19th. We are going to do zoom stuff, but um, Wi-Fi is an issue when you get that many people on yeah. the call and then all our mics are in Pullman. Yeah. Um, so probably just wait till we have our first one where we can all, you know, see each other and not create it digitally um, just because we have the opportunity um, to meet in person to do that. So I'm saying February, uh, waiting on some music, um, the, 
the cover art's already out there. Um, created that myself, and you were the first person that saw that. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't know, it's it's pretty cool. And just around the name, shout out Dandy for the name. We were taking forever to figure out a name, but showing colors. Um, I guess the idea around it, really, Danny brought it up. But what I'm taking from it is now um, this idea um, that there's a lot of colors, um, quote unquote, colors inside your body where it's your creative side. Kind of like, what's that one movie where? Inside Out? Inside Out, in a yeah. way. You know, they're all different colors. So these different, you know, anger, um, being sad, being happy, um, um, ideas and stuff, just how they generate different colors. And it's this idea of showing those, you know, um, and showing a different color. Um, um, so we're just going to, you know, have special guests um, probably start out with, a lot of athletes to start um, just because, you know, with everything happening, a lot of athletes change their way of lifestyle. Like I talked about earlier. So they've seen and experienced a whole lot of different things. So we're going to try and put athletes on. Um, so we can talk to them about their things and then hopefully bring on some more. I have a lot of friends that are in the music industry. Um, hopefully bring in just some other people that I've um, come to know um, through networking and stuff. Um, and hopefully it's going to be um, fun and successful. Um, if it's not successful, a great place to help others out um, and have people learn some new information. Um, just like this one, I think this podcast is going to do some great things just because you have a lot to talk about. Um, and just by the guests you've had, they've had a lot to talk about. Um, still stoked about the, I think I listened to it two days ago, um, Cooper's um, conversation about education reform and those issues. Um, that was a great podcast. Um, and for your second podcast, a lot of people not to do, I guess, a, a critique and review on your podcast right now. Hey, no, um, I love it. But, uh, it's just great to see that happen, you know, in a, a second podcast where you don't really know where it's going. But, um, I think it's amazing that you're already, you know, um, feeling super comfortable, um, to talk about a lot of things that a lot of people don't have the ability to talk about, don't know how to talk about, um, or don't have the platform. So you're going to create a lot of help for, um, people that I guess don't know where they're at right now. Continue bringing on guests. I hope to be on this podcast a lot more times. You're going to be on my podcast. Um, and just a lot of, um, it's just amazing. Um, the access and ability we have to create new knowledge and, um, teach people new things. So man, this, I'm grateful for this obsession I have for podcasts now. Thank thank you for coming on. Before I let you go, I want to let you uh plug all your all your stuff and then I do want to ask um where we are united is at now and aside from the pod podcast, what is next for Dallas Hobbs? Yeah. So um I have multiple. Um so just my Personal accounts, Instagram is D.0BBS, so Dallas Hobbs, um, just in that sense. And then there's um, Hobbs Photos, um, which you can all find linked on here and linked in my bios. Um, there's Hobbs Design, so that's my photography, graphic design stuff. Um, those are the same on Twitter, um, except for my personal, which is dhobbs 92 um, Let's see. Other than those main ones, um, I think that's about it. Unless you guys want um, my LinkedIn. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's I need I need to work on that. Um, so that's a reminder to work on that. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess more serious note, um, we're united. The movement is, you know, everyone got busy. So it's kind of at a standstill right now. Um, so it's really, you know, after this season, um, rekindling things and trying to figure out what the next move is um, trying especially to with that bill passing. I'm sure the movement will evolve a ton. Yeah. And just trying to um, see if, you know, cause there was a lot of, there was some issues with this season. There was some successes um, trying to talk about those things and just giving it another platform. Um, just trying to figure out where it's going to go next. Um, try to establish some things. Um, so that's that for we United, you know, just trying to figure out where that goes next um, for myself um, finish up this football season, you know, um, got a couple more games left, um, finish up this year academically. Um, and what's next, uh, off season helps out with a little bit more time. So 
knowing me, I'm going to pick up some more hobbies, pick up some more, um, buy some jobs, more toys, probably some more toys. Psych. Um, I need to stop spending money on, <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a rug gun. Like I'm making rugs now. So it's I'm like, so jealous of it too. <laughs> and I just, I buy too many toys. So I think I need to put a, a hold on my account that says anything that's creativity. No, I'm just kidding. Cause everything, the good thing about everything I buy um, it helps with my creativity. It helps with my design work. It helps with my thought. Um, and it helps with just my my mental health, um, mm-hmm. being able to leave the world and do something. Um, but yeah, stop buying toys, but buy keep buying them because I know it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, um, trying to start figuring out because, you know, um, this name image likeliness is coming soon. Um, so trying to develop... Uh, some more things around that, try and get ahead of it before. Um, obviously I'm not going to be too late because I'm ahead in a lot of those things. So just making sure I'm ready to go for that. Um, and I don't know, just staying busy. I'm always busy doing stuff. Um, and yeah, so, uh, what's next for me is, you know, all up in there. Cause I'm always doing something new every other day. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when the season's over and it's just working out, um, in school. Um, so yeah, don't know what's fully next, but it'll be good, you know. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's about it. Yeah, well, we'll all be following you and rooting for you. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Dallas. We're all excited to see what's next with you, and I'll be in touch. Love you, buddy. You you forgot one thing. You said that in your podcast, you're going to start asking people what cool what cool thing what was it exactly what cool oh thing? oh yeah thank you thank you okay okay there you go you're calling me out on my shit already i love it i love it um what's the coolest thing you've learned in the last two weeks what is the coolest thing in the last two weeks see i was preparing for the question but i think i've talked about a lot of the things that i was going to say um the coolest thing i've learned in the last two weeks is has got to be maybe that rug making i guess i'm perfecting that in a way um hopefully finishing that soon i mean mm-hmm. getting that down that's the coolest thing i learned um also tiktok makes me learn a lot of new things every day oh um, definitely tiktok is toxic but on the other side of things it's really great for me i save millions of videos have albums for what i'm going to create next so mm-hmm. i've learned a lot of things but i guess the biggest thing is making that rug um and probably some other stuff i learned on some podcast so <laughs> That question was hard for me, so that's why I tried to prepare prepare for it, but I talked about way too much. But we'll wrap it up from there before I start um, going on another tangent to talk about a whole lot of other. I no, I I love it, and my uh, my point I had on that was, uh, you know, looking at that as creatives, you see the video of a sick rug getting made, and yeah, we, we the, talked the, about this one. Yeah, the the difference was. Uh, everybody sees that rug and it's like, Oh my gosh, I need that rug. And then people like you and I see it and we're like, Oh my gosh, I need that rug gun. Cause I, I need to be able to how I can make that. Like, yeah, that's why I buy all my toys is because not, I guess before TikTok, before I got on there, I just saw stuff, you know, on Instagram, saw stuff on Twitter. Um, and then I got TikTok, and it really just effed me up mm-hmm. about the things I wanted to create about the things I, I wanted to learn, you know? Um, so that's been beneficial. I try to go on that um, at least once a day to get some more ideas, get the stuff moving. Um, um, but yeah, I have too many videos saved off there um, that I want to get get to an attack. But you know, I'll be busy doing that, and you know, just we're we're built different. We think a little different. Um, oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. But um, being creative is a gift. Oh, yeah. Well, with that. Thanks so much again. Love you, buddy. I can't wait for showing colors and when I'm on there and the, the next time you're on here. So, Of course, I will be back soon because um, there's. it's now going to be titled part one, part two for whenever I come on because I don't think this podcast could ever end and we'll keep finding stuff to talk about. But love I appreciate that. you having me on. Uh, love you, man. Keep the mental health up. Reach out to those around you, I guess I'll put that out there. Reach out to everyone around you, check up on people, um, make sure everyone's good um, and just live your life how you want to. Um, mm-hmm. Be the creator of your world. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'll see you soon. Um, much love.
Thank you guys so much for listening. That was Dallas Hobbs, graphic design student, artist, and as well as football player at Washington State University. Dallas can be reached through his social media links in the description. Also, a special shout out to Dylan Scott for making the theme music for The Bow Show. His links will be down in the description, as well as Alex Rothschilds, who made the cover art. Thanks for listening. Peace. Thank you.